And there we go. We are back again for another fantastic episode and uh, an insightful episode, I would say, of Friday Night Counter-Attack. We're looking forward to this one. We're looking forward to what we're going to be talking about. And as you're probably listening to this, you've probably already seen the title. We are looking forward to the World Cup. And with the World Cup, there are so many different people who we can associate with, but we're going uh, strictly into South America today. And we needed someone who may not exactly be from South America, but is probably someone who has a lot more experience to talk about South American footballers and not just like on terms of like podcasts or on YouTube, on social media. He's everywhere now. And I'm looking forward to seeing a lot more from my friend, um, Daniel Khan. So Daniel, if you want to do yourself a proper justice and introduce yourself properly, I would look forward to that as well. So thank listen, you for joining us, Daniel. Listen, my pleasure. You've overhyped me more than I deserve, but I'll take it, man. This is the Friday Night Counter-Attack show. And um, that was a lovely counter-attack. You finished it off nicely across the bottom bottom bins. I'll take it, man. I'll take it. You, you, you've billed me as a South American football expert, uh, which I'm not, but I'm going to blag it in a way that makes me look like I am. <laughs> and worst case scenario, I'm wearing a Fluminense top. So either way, I think you've got the right guy. We've got the right guy. We're definitely here. I'm looking forward to it. And um, just before we get into our little five-a-side against one another as well, why don't you tell our listeners a bit about um, how you got into football presenting, football um, creative, content creating, basically. I'd love to hear sure. more about that. Sure. So um, I'd always dreamed of doing it. The first, like, the first uh, earliest memory I can remember when I was 11 years old, and I remember writing on a piece of paper, um, this is Daniel Khan, and welcome to the World Cup. And I imagined myself commentating because mm. I didn't really know about you know, presenting or the content creation game. So um, that was my earliest memory. Went through life, went to uni, and um, I was always creative. Um, I just didn't, for lack of effort, or maybe because I'm having an identity crisis as like a, a British Pakistani, I didn't really know that there was space for people like us on platforms like that. So I'd always dreamed of it. And uh, through some networking and through some conversations, I got a phone call one day. Um, from someone who'd just moved over to Arsenal, who I knew. And they said, listen, um, are you available tomorrow? And I was like, yes. And they were like, can you get to the Emirates? And I was like, yes. And then they were like, we need you to interview Mesut Ozil. Um, so obviously I fell on the floor. Um, I had a, I was shaking, frothing at the mouth. And then I got up and said, yes, I'm available. And that was it. That was my first ever interview, uh, me sitting across from Ozil at the Emirates um, for a show called the World Cup of Everything. Mm. It went really well. And then from there, I started interviewing a lot more of the Arsenal players. Um, and then from there, I just explored other avenues, other passions of mine, which then led to me doing stuff with Joe Media, with Um. And I've been lucky enough to interview some pretty amazing ballers, uh, some of my childhood heroes and some up-and-coming legends as well. Um, so, yeah, so I, I wouldn't call myself a content creator by nature because I actually don't create a lot of my own individual content but okay. I definitely do present for platforms and interview players that um I like watching on tv so so yeah that's a bit about me bro no that's fantastic and that's as inspiring as we can get really and like we've told you before um just on social media as well it's something where I believe that with this podcast that we have as well we talk to a lot of people in the um, Asian community rather they're f football players or athletes or they just pr uh, present like yourself as well we're, we're here and we're slowly growing and slowly but surely we will be a lot 
a lot further than what we were last year as well. And we see this year in, year out, and I'd love to see it as well. And and, what, and, you, know, and you know what, bro? Again, podcasts like this where people are not waiting for opportunities, but they're creating their own opportunities, that's kind of how we're all going to excel. Obviously, you've got Nubaid Haroon, a.k.a. Rambo, who's like one of the pioneers for us. Like, he's, he's doing things the day, at a level that... He's doing things at a level that, you know, we couldn't have even imagined. So he's been uh, paving the way. There's a lot of incredible people out there. And um, I've actually realized since I stepped into the game, I actually realized, damn, that there are a lot of us having these conversations and we're not really coming at it from a Asian football angle. We are just Asians. Mm. We have an interest in football. We have a passion for football. We know Asian people that are unbelievable ballers and we want to, we want to contribute our part to the game. And I guess, one of the biggest vindications, obviously, this is a little exclusive for you. One of the indication, uh, one of the amazing indications is my biggest gig ever is now coming up before the end of the year. So me, a British Pakistani boy, I'm going to be the lead presenter for FIFA uh, across their socials and FIFA Plus for the World Cup in Qatar. So uh, I'm doing it for the brown boys and brown girls. I'm doing it for the South Asians. So um, we'll get it cooking, man. We're coming. We're doing it for the nation. That's what we're doing. It. We're doing it for the culture. Nah, nicely done. What an exclusive to have whilst we're talking about the World Cup as well. That's what I'm talking about, Daniel. That's what I'm talking about. If I had a mic, actually, no, I could use that. Nah, I'm not going to use this other mic, but that's a proper <laughs> mic drop there as well. Now, nah, congratulations, mashallah. I'm looking forward to that. And, that. and now I can go, oh, yeah, we talked about the World Cup on here as well. This is well, there we go. There we go. You're not going to be that guy where, you know, I, I don't know if you see it as much as I do, but you see that clip of you talking to Ozil and then you're talking about um some, there's like someone or someone and he goes, my boy Benzi. You see that clip so many times. So I'm just kind of there and it goes into like Benzi with his drip, with his Bugatti yeah. and you're just kind of there like, I see that all the time, but who's the guy interviewing him? That's how I got curious about you as well. Now you're going to be in the World Cup, but you may be interviewing Mesut Ozil himself if he's a guest there as well. We don't even know. Yeah, Time will yeah. tell. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah, Benzi, my boy Benzi, like, I think every time Benzema does anything positive, anytime Benzema does anything positive, I get that, I get sent that video about 20 times where it goes, Benzema or Messi? And he goes, my boy Benzi, drip. Yeah, so anytime. So listen, man, long may it continue. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking forward to it. And it's the fact that because you're an Arsenal fan, you must have got that so much after the Chelsea game as well last season and the Champions no, League for the hat trick at the Stamford Bridge. That must be so funny. That was a great moment for sure. That was so so good. But no, congratulations! Thank you for that exclusive. I'm looking forward to seeing you out in Qatar as well, and looking forward to seeing what you can bring us and show us um, out and about. It's going to be sick. Um, but now we're going on to our segue of our main topic of conversation today. We are going to be talking with so many different people about this, but we're going through different continents, you see. So I thought I need to start off with a bang. And I thought, whilst I've got you on here as well, instead of doing Europe, which is very easy, very bland, very placid in my opinion as well, because everyone can do Europe. We're doing our own little five-a-side, one versus one um, for South America. And South America, sure. with Brazil being the ones with the most uh, World Cups in the game as well, with Argentina looking like, good favourites in my opinion as well it could be the time where Lionel Messi actually does secure his his World Cup that he's been dreaming of since whenever which is crazy to see I mean I still remember the days in 2014 it was Ramadan the World Cup final Gotze scores and Messi has a last minute free kick and he yeah. over the bar as well yeah I remember the commentary on that day it goes mm. like this is it it's now or never 
for Lionel Messi. And I, I genuinely think the world was expecting that to go in because that's just what Messi does. But it's an interesting World Cup, as you mentioned. Ronaldo, Ronaldo's dream of winning the World Cup doesn't seem as obsessive and as tangible as Messi's purely because of who Messi has come after. We've got Diego Maradona, who took over the imagination of all Argentinians, dragged them to a World Cup win in 86. And since then, he's he's always referred to as Los Dios, God. He even had a state funeral. His, uh, in Napoli, the, the stadium, they removed uh, a Pope's name and swapped the Pope's name for Diego. So I think for Messi, it, it's, it's more of like a... In, if I want to take that God status or if I want to complete my rite of passage as an Argentinian icon, then I need to get it. And it looks like this is his last chance. And I'm with you, man. They're looking like favourites for sure. Yeah, I, I want to be that placid England fan that we always say, oh, yeah, this could be our year, but I've, I've had the pain, I've had the misery. I've seen family time and time again saying it's not happening. I'm like, it, it's going to happen. And then I'm just kind of there thinking, yeah, it's, it's, it's not. It, it could. You never know. We have a good group. There could be the luck of the draw, but sure. I don't see how it's going to go. But you have to be a bit realistic with how it goes as well. Um, but yeah, one last thing before we go on to our Viber side. Of all the World Cup kits that you've seen, Daniel, which one is your favourite? Well, first of all, Mexico have gone crazy. <laughs> Mexico have gone crazy. I have a I story like, to tell you about that. But I'll tell please, you go, go for it. Go straight in. So basically, um, I was in Berlin recently with my wife. So we were at, we we're in Berlin. We went to the, the mega store, the Adidas mega store in Berlin. You see the Germany shirt. You see the Germany home and away. You see the Sweden home and away. You see the Argentina home and away. And you see the Mexico home and away. Out of those four kits, what do you think were the best two selling kits? Yeah, Germany. And then I guess because we're in Europe, I, I would say Sweden. Argentina home with everyone going for Messi on the back and the Mexico one as well because of the design. I'm there, a British guy, buying a Germany kit thinking, oh, yeah, this looks cool. Yeah. Kind of there like, you're the first one of the day to buy it. Yeah. I'm like, wow, thanks. I'm loving that. But everyone's just going for Messi 10, Messi 10, Mexico. I'm like, I love the design. I love the Germany away kit as well. My yeah, wife- Adidas, Adidas have taken a nice approach to their kits this year. Obviously, yeah. Nike have killed it in a lot of theirs as well. But I think with, with national teams, I think Adidas just get it right. I, I really do think that. Um, there's uh, another kit that I really love is, so we've got the, we love, we've got the Mexico kit. And do you know what also I like? I like the South Korea kit. I like the Japan uh, kit as well. That's a nice uh, yes, thing. sorry, sorry. The the I, I I thought of South Korea because I just watched Song Hyun Min score an eighty-five minute free kick for South Korea. But no, sorry, Japan. Japan at the World Cup. Go through all their go. Just go through all of Japan's videos at all the World Cups they play. Their training kits, their stadium jackets, their home kits and away kits are always insane. And so, I have so a, I have a soft spot for Japan anyway because if someone was to offer me one game to watch at a World Cup, it would be a game featuring Japan. I just think their their fans are amazing. I think their football's great. And um, nothing quite says World Cup like watching a team from a million miles away doing it big on the big stage. So, yeah, man, big up Japan for sure. And also, do you know what? A special mention for a kit that didn't make the World Cup, which I think is a travesty, mm. is uh, Algeria. Oh, really? Algeria's kit. is that That might be the best kit that's been released this year. 
Algeria, Algeria's kit. It's kit. It's like Mexico vibes with, with a little bit more finesse. Is it the away one or the home one? I, I think both are amazing. Mm. Uh, but I, I'm, it's the green one. The green one. Ah, yeah, yeah. I know which one it is with the pattern on top yeah, of it. Maybe it I'm, so nice. may, yeah, maybe I'm just biased because I'm Pakistani and I, I just it's like... got the green and the white. That's what we love. That's that is, what we love. Uh, but I, I think I think it's a, a banging kit. And of course, uh, another one that didn't make it is the Niger boys. Nigeria's kits are always just mm. fly. And I feel like we've been robbed of some sick World Cup moments in that kit. But You'll see so many people of different ethnicities wearing that Nigeria kit. No, absolutely. 2018 as well. Absolutely. So, so fun. It's like, you know how people are wearing the Arsenal Jamaican-inspired uh, training sure. as well, just for the sake of it. It's just yeah, like yeah. for the culture. For, the, for culture, the culture. So crazy to see that as well, which is really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, let's get straight into this one as well. We're going from back to front, but we're okay. going to start off with a wild card as well. So like I said, the, the easiest thing we could do is pick all Brazilians and all Argentinians. But I know your football knowledge is pretty good and I like to test my football knowledge because I think I'm pretty good at it. Sure. Um, well... So we are going to start with a wild card. So you get to choose whoever you want in your fiver side. I know I said the streets will never forget South American ballers. It could be whoever you want. I couldn't care less if it's anyone. It doesn't have to be Ooh. like just. Well, so it can be any position as well. Any position. So you got the first as a wild card. You can pick whoever you want, and then you got four. We're we're moving from back to front. So again, okay, so... you know, on fiver side, you don't sure. have to have a goalkeeper. It could be a rush goalie, defender, that type of thing as well. Okay. Um, fire away, Daniel. Talk to us. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to stick with a goalkeeper here and I'm not going to change any of my four that I've chosen. Okay. Because when you're talking about South American goalkeepers and you're talking about streets will never forget, it doesn't get more streets will never forget than the big man Dida. The, the Brazilian wall. Not even just for his exploits in the national team, but it's more for his time at Milan. Mm. Like, he was one of those true larger-than-life goalkeepers. And not many goalkeepers can say that they went to Celtic Park, got tapped on the shoulder by a fan, tried to chase him, and then when they realised he wasn't going to catch him, dropped to the floor as if they'd been shot. Mm. So I think for that alone, Dida deserves it. Obviously, a big Champions League winner as well. And um, for me growing up, one of the great goalkeeping figures of my generation. So I'm getting Dida in there. I, I, I did think about Julio Cesar. Mm. I did think about him. I did think about Muslera, the Uruguayan, who I always thought always seemed to have an insane World Cup. And I always felt like he was playing for clubs that were beneath him because of the way he performed at World Cups. I thought it was only a matter of time before he went to a big team. He always seemed to go. He's at Galatasaray now. Shout out um, Galatasaray and my yeah. friends in North London. But, we, but we love for, it. Me, for me, it has to be Dida. I'm going for Dida in between the sticks. Fantastic. So just to confirm, you've chosen a Brazilian play. You've gone for a Brazilian goalkeeper. That means you've only got one more choice of a Brazilian left in your team. Other nations you have to pick as well. So you've gone for your wild card as Dida. And you know what? I think I'll join you from starting back to front. I think it's only fair game because then we can see who we lead up to in our attack. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to go for a goalkeeper. I could go for someone like Higuaita, the Colombian goalkeeper with immense hair as well. (laughs) But I need to kind of start playing. I think I'll start a bit safe going at the back as well. I'm going to go for someone who I think probably doesn't get the hype he deserves because of how bad his career kind of went after this this move. But I still remember 2014 Claudio Bravo for Chile. I still think he was a very good goalkeeper. Yes, sure, 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 sure. And because he, he was at Barcelona at the time as well, he was still 
part of that MSN team when they won the Champions League the year after 2014-15 season as well. So Claudio Bravo is going to be my representative from Chile and he's also going to be someone who I'm going to have in goal as well. So normally I don't go for a goalkeeper, but I need to show some respect and show Claudio Bravo. Even though I'm a Manchester United fan and I hated the fact he went to Manchester City and he wasn't one of Man City's best ever keepers, I have to show respect for what he did in that 2014 World Cup as well. And yeah. for the Copa America when they won it in 2016. Back to back. Back, back to back, back Copa Americas. And it's interesting that you touch on Chile because my next entry into the fold is the best player of the Emirates Stadium era. Ooh, I'm, glad, I'm glad you're going for him because I would never have gone for him. It is my boy, Alexis Sanchez. Alexis Arsenal's Sanchez. dream signing, United's eventual nightmare signing. He was a wonder kid at Udinese. Then he went to Barcelona and people like to say that he was a bench player at Barcelona, but as were many ultra world-class players. Let's not forget, Thiago Alcantara was a bench player at Barcelona. But that yeah, doesn't, Fabregas. That, that, that doesn't mean they weren't absolute world beaters. Um, he came to Arsenal and people like to think that Eden Hazard was, you know, the big boy in town. But the, the period that Alexis was with us, particularly the first two seasons, I don't think anyone was touching the levels he was touching. And while he was touching those levels, just like Claudio Bravo, back-to-back Copa Americas, uh, a sensational footballer, cup final goals, goals against Man City, goals against um, Chelsea, um, goals against Liverpool. So um, for me, it really... And listen, despite what happened after, um, when he went to United, I don't blame him. He went for the big money. United have a habit of uh, overpaying people and not getting the best out of them. So... Our financial report states the same as well. So yeah. <laughs> we're, not in the, we're not in the best of times at the moment. So, so I think he was amazing. And say what you want about him at Inter Milan. He won the Scudetto. And now he's got a, a sort of a second lease of life at Marseille as well. So Alexis Sanchez, for me, when you're talking about Chilean footballers or, where you, or when you're talking about all-time South American greats, for me, Sanchez is always in that conversation. Right. If you've got Alexis Sanchez in your team, and we know there's going to be a lot more attacking players coming from your side as well, Daniel, I need to have a, a solid defender. I need to find mm. someone who I think can actually kind of measure the game properly on a five-a-side pitch with some of these big ballers that we've got coming along as well. Sure. I'm going to Uruguay for this player. I'm going to oh, go I'm for... Gonna... I, I, need, I need this guy in my team because there's a Uruguayan striker who you, you may end up picking, but he's a Liverpool player and he's a certified racist, so I don't want him in my team. Okay. I'm going... I'm going, I'm going for his captain. I'm going for his captain and someone who captained a big team in, in European football who was kind of like the catalyst, the, the figurehead of Diego Simeone's tenure. So I'm going for Diego Godin. Um, oh, man. Do you know what? He was, uh, when I was talking, when I was looking at Uruguay, he was so big on my, on my list. He nearly made it, but he lost out to someone else. What a player. What a, what a selection. Diego Godin, he kind of epitomizes the, the comeuppance of Uruguay and Atletico Madrid at the same time because you had a proper bastion at the back. And I remember in that England versus Uruguay game, Rooney and Sturridge up front didn't get a sniff. Rooney scored an amazing tapping because he went to the far post. But Diego Godin kind of just marshaled our whole attack by himself with him. And I think Lugano was a centre back yeah. partner as well. And it goes to show how bad people can be when they don't appreciate centre backs from different countries like in Spain or because it was that same summer as well we got to the Champions League final lost to Real Madrid that Gareth Bale had a um, Ronaldo penalty this that and the other but he had a very good season in 2014 and I think he was there in 2018 as well 
um, going forward. But uh, Diego Gordon, one of the best centre-backs I've seen from Uruguay, probably one of the best defenders I've seen from Uruguay as well. And fair play to him. He's in my team and it's looking very ops. My team's looking like it's full of ops now. Atletico Madrid uh. knocked us out last season. Uh, Man City obviously just obliterating us now and again at Man United. But we're here for the objectivity and for the celebration of South America as well. For sure. Now we're in two-two. Now you've got three more to go for, and I'm Listen, kind of re- I'm kind of reluctant that I didn't go for my wild card straight away. But I am playing a fair game because I want to see who. Listen, before before I go on to mine, I do want to say Diego Godin is an unbelievable shout because he's not the Rolls Royce defender that people talk about when they talk about Maldini or Ferdinand or whatever. But what he lacked in that kind of silkiness, what he lacked in that natural athleticism, he absolutely made up in, in not only tactical awareness not only positioning, but like that mental big game energy. It didn't matter who he was coming up against. He was going to try and make the striker or the attacker play his game. Mm. And, and that's a huge strength. When you're, when you're Atletico, to what, what they did when they won the title on those both occasions, what they're up against, unbelievable. So that's a big shout. And I tell you what, my boys are going to have a, a problem because Godin's a bit of a monster. But if you're pulling up a Uruguayan monster... I'm pulling up a Uruguayan monster from the other end. I'm going to bring to you the 2010 World Cup Golden Ball winner. Nah, man. He, he's won the European Golden Shoe. He's got 128 goals in 240 La Liga appearances. He is the king of the Jubilani. It's Diego Forlan, my brother. I'm bringing you, it in. You brought someone who I thought you were never going to pick. I thought I'm, you'd have gone for Cavani. I thought my subtle hint for Luis Suarez would have led you there but you went for the guy that I wanted from uh, up top with Diego Forlan I'm bringing him in I'm bringing him in when when we're talking about when we're talking about a striker that is wrongly defined by one move in his career you you talk about when people oh him and Varon didn't work at United and stuff like that for whatever reason and I guess you can attribute that to what Fergie wanted in a 4-4-2 system what what he was looking at from the fullbacks. Forlan is a lot more intelligent than that. And I think his, his time at Atletico, when they won the UEFA Cup, when they, when they destroyed Fulham as well and they showed their class, leading into the World Cup, him and Suarez were doing an Olympics. Like, who can, who can mash works the most? And um, that, that they was... They sidemaned a young Cavani to the wing as man, well. That, is the crazy. that shows how sick he was. That is crazy. And he, he, he was an absolute hit, man. And um, he's, he's managing in Uruguay, as we yeah. speak. And... I and my love for him went to the next level when shortly after stopping playing, he was a columnist in 442 magazine. Mm. So I always used to read like the columns and then like I used to like wake up and go, fam, this is Diego Forlan. <laughs> like, this is right. Diego Forlan is writing about football right now. And um, for me, if I'm talking five aside, if I'm talking someone that will be able to like dip the shoulder, if I'm talking about someone that's going to be able to pick out a bottom corner from a weird angle, if I'm talking about someone that's going to be able to link up play, Diego Forlan's my guy. Uh, you, you've brought me no choice. I love Diego Forlan. He's one of my cult heroes at Man United. And a lot of Man United fans disagree with me but because they're like, oh, he just scored at Anfield. He didn't know more than that. He gave us a different type of striker than we had. We had Solskjaer. We had Van Nistra at the time as well. Andy Kohler just left at the time. So you're just kind of there thinking, this guy can bang it from 25, 30 yards and he doesn't care. He may have a slow game. He may be a super sub at the time like he was. It just goes to show that, like you said as well, Veron was a fantastic player at Parma, fantastic at Lazio. Didn't hit the ground running at Chelsea and Man United respectively, but he was a fantastic player to have in the team as well. 
And we're talking about someone that I kind of need to bring into the team. I could have left him till late, but I think you've got him on your list. So I'm going to play my cards early here and show my cards early. I'm going for my Brazilian pick. I'm going for someone who, if you have him in your team, I'll be surprised, but I won't be that surprised because the respect is due from this guy. I'm a big fan of him. I've He's one of those players that played against us in the Champions League. And you're just kind of there thinking like, wow, I couldn't get angry as a kid. I couldn't. I think you know who it is. It's Kaká. Kaká's my midfielder. I've described him. I've described streets will him, never forget. Streets will never forget. I've described him as Stardust before on a previous podcast as well because he literally was. He could like walk on water for all I cared when we were watching him as well. And when you're seeing him in that 2002 squad saying that he did win the World Cup, I'm glad he did. He may not have been a big part of it, but I'm glad he got a World Cup to himself. 2006 is when you had the whole streets of Brazil all out for it. Every neutral support Brazil because of that team. I won't name the names just yet because I don't want to reveal who we could have later on as well, which is the case. But Kaká is someone who you would probably know as well from that viral clip just before lockdown, which is probably the case of when the world went to crap, when he was Switch playing. It. Yeah. Cut back, cut back, cut back, cut back. Left foot banger. And then what's happening there? He scores. And you're just kind of there like, okay, cool. He's here for Adidas promotion. But my man wanted him to cut back. He is not cutting back for anyone. He knew Brother, that. You know you're talking to, bro. And you know what? Kaká in that, in that kind of o. 05 to 08 stretch was simply unplayable. Mm. He was not he, he was like this hybrid player that could pick up the ball deep, but he had the calmness of a number 10, but he also had that ruthlessness of a number eight. He loved controlling the tempo of a game and he also liked starting moves and finishing them off. I think he is so silky and um you're never gonna get you're never gonna forget that goal at Old Trafford. Yeah, hundred percent. He caused he caused a car crash at the back. He Hines, Hines and Everett just yeeted each other. Just wow! Like that. And and then not only did he do that, he sat. Was it Van der Sar down? He Van sat Van der Sar down, bottom corner. You're not getting more silkier than that. The the vest that said "I belong to Jesus." The celebration. The fact that he didn't leave Milan for City, even though all the way back then, before he moved to Madrid. City were ready to table a bid of 100 million euros. Like, they wanted him to be a flagship player, not Rabinu. When, when Pogba became the 100 million pound player, we were like, wow, he's the first 100 million pound player or whatever like that. Bro, like eight years before that, City were ready to drop those peas. And Kakar said, I'm staying in Milan. Obviously... Uh, maybe he doesn't enter a lot of people's conversations anymore because of his time at Madrid. But I think his time at Milan was so exceptional that it deserves all the accolades. As in, he showed us enough to show that he's one of the all-time greats. So, big up yourself. It's very interesting how you keep choosing the same nationalities that I'm about to choose. <laughs> like, it, it literally feels staged. So, we've gone for a Chilean. We're, we're Chilean. We've gone for a Uruguayan. You've gone for a Brazilian. And, uh, I, I, do you know what it is? It reminds you of when um, uh, have you seen that bit in the office where Steve Carell meets Ricky Gervais and they meet each other in the lift? It feels like that. And then yeah. next we're going to go for the same nationality and we're going to finish on the same nationality as our wild card as well. So I'm yeah. looking forward to that. And just one more point on Kaka before we move on. Again, remember in 2007, Ballon d'Or winner, the last human Ballon d'Or winner before Messi and Ronaldo took over. And if you remember or if you don't know, he had more than double the votes of Messi and Ronaldo. 1,047 votes compared to Messi's Crazy. 507. 
Ronaldo's 426, which goes to show... Crazy stat. And you know what I love as well? I love how you specified that he was the last human winner mm. as opposed to like, like, a, like a fridge winning the Ballon d'Or. I, I, exactly. I like it. I like it. <laughs> he was a fridge. He was ice cold. He was yeah. ice cold as a freezer. Kaka was ice cold on the pitch. I love that. I love good that. Work, good wordplay right there as well. Right. Well, so listen, I've done my three. Who have you got as your number three in your midfield? Are you going so defensive I, or are you going to attack in midfield? What are we saying, Daniel? Listen, all out attack, baby. It's good. Five this is, this um, is how we're for, going from now on. Yeah, for me, uh, when we're talking about what Kaka did for the game, I genuinely in my heart felt like this boy was going to recreate that not in the same position but in terms of that young influence as a brazilian wonder kid mm-hmm. i thought he was going to go right to the very top he was at milan with his best years as well it's none other than one of my favorite strikers of all time alexander pato i'm going for alexander pato as a young boy at milan in that great milan team i remember watching the champions league at the new camp it was ac milan versus barcelona it's Milan in their white strip with their fly emirates on and straight from kickoff Pato gets sent through and scores the goal that silences the new camp and for me Alexander Pato is if if we're talking about streets we'll never forget he is like one of the most symbolic players of that time where when you hear that name Pato you instantly think damn if only like, if only he stayed injury-free, if only his career had gone another way, because we would be talking about a player that, fine, wouldn't have won the Ballon d'Or, because Messi and Ronaldo were about, but he would have been in that top 10 conversation every single time. And we talk about the tangent that Milan went on from 2012 up until now, when they've eventually won the Scudetto 10 years later. You, you, you can't help but think, what, what if Pato stayed at Milan? What if he stayed fit? What if he didn't fall off a tangent? Because he left in 2013. Um, who knows, man? Milan might have still been on top. Juve's dominance might never have resurfaced. And we'd still be talking about Pato as one of the great strikers. So for me, obviously, he's in Orlando now, enjoying his life, scoring in the MLS, chilling on the beach afterwards. Um, but I love Pato for sure. I would love to meet him one day and just talk to him about his early days at Milan, for sure. And and also, if we're talking about this five-a-side team, I think that raw pace mm. and that five-a-side bit, I think we've got Forlan, like, from deep, Pato blitzing everyone. I don't think Godin can handle Pato's pace. He might mm-hmm. pull him down. He might scissor kick, kick him or whatever, but I reckon Pato can handle it, for sure. So Pato goes in on the right. Nicely done. The audacity he had in that game against Barcelona as well to just finish off and silence the new camp. The, the time Barcelona, you're just kind of there like, this is what we're talking about. We need a... He, he's on his way of becoming a maverick. That's mm. that's all I can say as well. And it was just fantastic to kind of see how we kind of did it um, at AC Milan. And for Brazil, we wanted a bit more, like we said, 2010 World Cup. He was kind of like their main kind of striker. Him, Robinho in the squad as well. Joe was in the squad. Kaká was still there as well. Fred. Do you remember Fred? Fred, <laughs> big man Fred. I think, uh, who's the other one? Luis Adriano, was he in the squad? Oh, Luis Adriano. Yes, he was. Um, the Shakhtar. Shakhtar yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was in there as well, which is kind of good to see. Um, but I'm going to save Argentina until last because he is going to be my wild card on there as well. I'm going to go to Colombia now. So, off to Colombia for my fourth choice. 
And I need someone again who had a short spell at the top as one of the probably one of the better strikers that we've seen in world football. He's the top all-time top goal scorer for his country. He's done so well. In fact, he was what fifth in the Ballon d'Or in 2012 as well. He was in that famous picture of just all La Liga players, and he was one of the few that wasn't at Barcelona and Real Madrid. And I have to go for the time when Radamel Falcao was one of the best strikers. Oh, El Tigre. What El a Tigre. player. What a player. Mixed feelings on him, but I'm not going to think about him at Man United and Chelsea. But I'm going, yeah. to, I'm going to appreciate what he did for Colombia, what he did for... Like, Colombians nowadays, you see them everywhere in Europe. And it's mostly due to the fact that Falcao came in the modern age and made it kind of acceptable that you can go for a Colombian player. James Rodriguez, of course, another one as well that we can talk about and Quadrada even good good sure. servant for Juventus sure. as well but Radamel Falcao what 90 caps for Colombia 35 goals as well got them being a more prominent Colombian side in World Cups and in Copa America as well actual threats in the team as well and I also remember the fact that I think he was on that pitch where we were playing against him for England as well and just kind of there like he's still a nuisance to Maguire to Walker to Stones as well even that it was past his best he was still a nuisance he was still a threat you know he can score a goal out of anywhere as well. And that's what Radamel Falcao was about. And if you're needing that on a five-a-side pitch and you want to represent Colombia, I can't think of anyone better than Radamel oh, Absolutely. I think for me, El Tigre is... The, there's a reason they call him a tiger. Like, the way he pounces on it. And I don't think his time in England reflects bad on him at all. I, I don't think it ruins his stock. Not only was he an unbelievable hitman for Colombia, but he also bought in other young Colombians, Jackson Martinez. He brought them into the fray and... He didn't stifle them almost like how Zlatan stifled Sweden. Mm. He, he kind of wanted Colombia to build and he wanted to help them build apart from just being the main man. Um, his time at Atletico speaks for itself. His time at Porto was unbelievable as well. When he was at Porto, I genuinely felt like, all right, the next move from Porto is either Barca or Madrid. When he went to Atleti at the time, Atleti weren't the you know, the global force that they are now. And I really felt like, wow. Falcao replaced Forlan. That's what happened. Yeah, yeah, he did. And Because Aguero left as well. Aguero is like Forlan, then Aguero, then Falcao entered. Stage right. And then it's mad to think that then, like just on a tangent with Atletico, like it's mad to think that then after Falcao left, who did they get in? They got Diego Costa, right? Mm -hmm. They got Diego Costa in... After Diego Costa, I think that I think was the last... Fernando Torres came back in as well. I'd say that was the last great striker they had. But, Dan, they had a run of crazy number nines. Yeah, Falcao for me, what a stunning player. And, yeah, even as late as 2017-18, in Mbappe's breakthrough Champions League year, you saw Falcao doing the dirt against Man City. So uh, Against um, Claudio Bravo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Caballero <laughs> or Bravo. I forgot which one it was. Um, unbelievable, unbelievable. And... Um, what a player, man. What a player. Looking forward to playing against him with my team. This is going to be so good. We need to like create this on FIFA or something like that as well. <laughs> FIFA Street needs to be done. Right, your fourth pick, um, Daniel. Are so, we going for Colombia or are we going so, elsewhere? So this is actually my fifth pick. Okay. So remind yeah. us of the four that you've got. So so I've got uh, in goal, I've got Dida. Mm-hmm. And then I've got Alexi Sanchez from Chile. Yep. I've got Diego Forlan from Uruguay. Pat- Alexander Pato from Brazil. And then I thought, right, what am I missing? And to be fair, I'm not missing much. I've got some real serious workhorse energy from Alexis Sanchez, that ability to carry. I'd, he'd probably play 
at the back, kind of picking up the ball at Viva side. Dribbling forward, isn't it? Yeah, we've got Forland kind of playing deep and kind of keeping things ticking. We've got Pato getting the pace. But who is that one killer? Who's that one guy that can come from Newell's old boys, who can move to Boca Juniors, who can move to River Plate, so play for the three biggest clubs in South America, then move to Italy, mm. and in the Champions League, slap Man United, slap Arsenal, win the Copa America, and be so good that they didn't even call him what they supposed to call him. They called him one thing, Batty Goal. So I'm going for Gabriel Batistuta, the absolute Argentinian hitman. That's my guy, bro. That's my guy. Fiorentina and Roma hitman. And listen, bro, listen. How many goals? I had it written down here. And it is now gone. All I'm going to say is <laughs> there was a lot, a lot of goals in Syria R. And a, and a lot, a lot of goals for Argentina as well. So for me, when you're talking about South American strikers, out and out number nines, I, I think we're talking about a Hall of Fame player here. And this is why I didn't do all time because we could have easily gone for like the Messi's, the Ronaldo's, this type of thing. This is why we bring out people from the past who have made a big difference as well. So and I think, I, think, I think the fact is Gabby actually doesn't get spoken about. He doesn't for, get his flowers as often as he should. He doesn't for what reason or another. And that's why I think like if you were in the streets or if you, if you had your ears to the streets as a footballer, whether you saw him or whether you didn't see him, you know that Gabby Goal was a goal machine. You knew he was a monster. You, if you're listening to this right now, pause it, go on YouTube, and type in Gabriel Batistuta goal versus Man United. Watch that goal. Once you've seen that goal, watch Gabriel Batistuta goal versus Arsenal. He takes Lee Dixon down the line, stands him up, cuts in, and at the most ridiculous angle, hits it in the far top corner. Like we're talking about an absolute monster. And again, again, what I say is if we if we're talking about streets, we'll never forget. We'll never forget the the Fiorentina hitman for sure. I, I liked him so much, but my brother liked him, my older brother liked him. Um during lockdown, I got one of those like cliche like little football jumpers. So I got him one of those with batters due to in a Fiorentina one. It looks so nice. Where it looks like it's got the Nintendo logo, yeah? Exactly the Amazing. Nintendo with the design. I was like, you know what? That's a little gift for your birthday. Enjoy it. I know you like batters due to and then you're just kind of there remembering batters due to I know you mentioned earlier about the goals that you scored, but a couple of stats here for us. 269 games for Fiorentina, 167 goals. Uh, for Roma, 63 appearances, 30 goals. And if we remember correctly, and I'm sure you'll remember, Danielle, that was when Roma won the league, the last mm. time they won the league, in that period when you had Totti and Batistuta. 2001? 2001, well done. 2001, yeah. yeah. Nicely done. And obviously for Argentina as well, 78 appearances and 56 goals as well, which goes Fair. to show what we have. When you're, you know, at international level, I, I think people don't actually understand the goal ratio that you have is not the same as the one you have at club level. So if you're world-class over like 20 years, yeah, it's like one every three, or if you're unbelievable, one every two goals. One every one goal every two games, or, or normally over a 20-year stretch, one goal every three games is sensational. At international level, it's, it's more like one goal every five or six games. 
mm. or what like that that's just the way international football is it's sporadic you're not playing with each other as much the systems are different different players are coming in and out sometimes you play against teams that are that are not there to play football so it's a very stifled and staggered way of playing football and then there's sometimes at tournaments as well when you play um sometimes it's not free flowing football like everyone's nervous because they don't want to go home early so for him to have that record at international level i think we need to put that into context to realize how crazy that is he did it in the league he did it for the national team as well unbelievable definitely and as someone that if like you just said as well if you need to pause it if you need to go watch uh, about some of these guys as well you definitely need to because it's one of those things that as a coach as well, when I'm talking about some of these players, like people forget who Didier Drogba is, for goodness sake, as well. It's kind of there, it's kind of there, like these kids, they're not getting the best of education. So I tell their parents, I'm like, you know what? Have a look at some of these players. You'll be you'll be good to go sometimes soon enough to learn how some of these players actually work. Because when I compare it just out off the top of my tongue, oh, you remind me of like a young Nicholas and Elke. Like, who? I'm like, oh my God. Nah, no. <laughs> damn. It, it makes it... us feel old. Nothing makes you feel older than talking about players and then people not knowing who they are. Who? Who? Like, yeah, like, yeah. like it's like, what? Like, Nick, Nico Anelka, bro. Like, some people can't, can't believe that he played for, they're like, oh, yeah, Bolton legend. I'm like, yeah, mm. but... Arsenal, Real Madrid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, did, he did the business. He did the business. Oh, like, no. But I have to say, you've done very, very well with your picks today. So I'm really happy with, with your team. I'm still unhappy that you picked Diego Forlan because he was my pick of striker. I'm, ra- I'm really glad I've got Radamel Falcao. I can't really compete with your strikers. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to firm up my midfield a bit. And I'm going to go for a midfielder from Argentina where we are going, um, going to as well. Because I know if I pick any striker above Batistuta, it will have to be Messi or Ronaldo. And I can't, no, Messi or Maradona, sorry. So I can't do that because that's not streets for no forget. That's called cheating and going for the best players that we've ever seen. So I need to go for a midfielder from Argentina who inspired me in a way because we never really saw this kind of player in England. So we would only ever see him. I've said this a few times before. We'd ever, I'd only ever see this kind of player on ITV in a Champions League game or every four years in a World Cup. So he was someone for me who I genuinely appreciated and I genuinely wanted to see a lot more from because it, I don't know if you got this as well, Daniel. When you're kind of growing up and you're seeing these kind of players on advertisements and you're seeing these on like YouTube when it was coming through as well, you're kind of looking at some of these plays. But when you got to watch them, they were a whole different character. And you're just kind of there like, this guy is just wow. I think he's probably now working as a vice president as Boca Juniors. I really, wanna, I really want to guess who this is. I'll let you guess. If we're talking about a midfielder, if we're talking about someone that you were like, mamma mia, this is amazing. And Argentinian. When you first said Argentina, I was like, oh, is he going for Cambiasso? But then I realized, no, this is an all-time situation. So you must be going for the one, the Juan, Raquelme. I'm going to call my wife now and say I found my soulmate. How did you do that? <laughs> one Roman Raquelme is the guy. Because like I said, I can't go any higher from Argentina for strikers. I can't go for someone like Hernan Crespo because Hernan Crespo was a fantastic striker. But I needed someone who I need in my team. Hernan Crespo was a fantastic player, but I can't go for him. I needed someone that I want to kind of show, you know what, this is the kind of guy I love watching. And I would love watching him for Villarreal. I love watching him for Argentina, especially in that 2006 World Cup as well. I'm there looking at him thinking, you know what, this is something that I need to really talk to people about. And you know about him as well, which is the best thing. Listen, I need to clap for that because Raquel May, 
That is a streets will never forget player. Mm. Raquel May, what a baller. And he almost was like a, he was like a 9.5 or he was an 8.5. He wasn't quite an 8. He wasn't quite a 9. He wasn't quite a 10. He was a weird mix of all of them before that even really existed. Now there's all these false this and false that and this and a half. But Raquel May was, he was a goal scorer when he needed to be. He was a ball carrier when he needed to be. He was a tempo changer when he needed to be. Um, and a proper maestro. He's a, he's a pro. So you said, so he's at, he's at Boca now. He's like the vice president of Boca Juniors. But I need, I need to explain to our newer listeners as well. We first called our podcast Friday Night Trek Quartistas in terms of Trek Quartista being the false nine. And in my mind, when I first named it, I had Juan Roman Riquelme and Alessandro Del Piero as the kind of forefront of that name because not many people know what a Trek Quartista is. We then got some feedback saying, oh, we can't type Trek Quartistas. We don't know how to spell it, this, that, and the other. All right, cool. So we're going to try counterattack to counterattack mental health, which is what we do anyway, which is fantastic through the love of football. But my love of football, I can't go for someone, like I said, like a Higuain or a Dybala or whoever. I have to go for someone who I love. Juan Roman Riquelme, I think he was also part of that Olympic side as well. I think Argentina got to the semi-final or they may have won the Olympics in 2004. So that was really good to see as well. Um, he was a 20-year man in the game. So again, Boca Juniors, Barcelona, Villarreal, um, Boca Juniors as well, back again for a couple... I think it was after the World Cup in 2006, he went back to Boca Juniors as well. Yeah. Fantastic to kind of see. Um, it is like watching a ballerina. You would agree. You're watching someone who again, could just slow the game down just from his thought process as well. You, you're seeing people like Paul Scholes talk about it in terms of how you can just manage a game by yourself if you have that intelligence. Raquel May and Kaka are in the same kind of team. That's intelligence personified. Well, for yeah, I, I'm not going to lie here. I thought my team was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not going to have many responses, but shit. Um, the, the balance in your team is... The balance. Is, the balance in your team is... Um, it's pretty concerning, I can't lie, because if my team decided to have an off day and just go all out attack, we'd just get picked off. Kaka, Kaka and Raquelme in the same team. And then you've got Godin clearing, cleaning up. Falcao up front, goal poacher. One little stat on Raquelme as well. He has the highest passing accuracy of any player in a World Cup. 99% against Serbia in 2006 in Germany. So he has what? A 100 and Four passes out of 105. So since 1966, when all of these kind of stats began, one Roman Raquel made 99% passing accuracy. That's insane. On these four <laughs> five-a-side pitches, on these favela streets, if we're Can in the high-rise... Can you imagine, bro? Can you imagine? He de- Ra- Raquel May is definitely one of those ones. We'd have to put Sanchez on him. Mm. We'd say, Sanchez, listen, you're not playing as a mercurial winger. You're playing as that that ball winner and that ball carrier, we're going to need you to be on him. You're going, because... you're going to Alexis. We need that dog in you to come out. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. That dog. That, that, that dog, dog has to come out. Yeah, 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 out yeah, yeah. For sure. Needs to be done. But I think we've done extraordinary there, both of us, uh, Daniel and I. I think we've done fantastic to see. And I can't wait to see who actually gets the higher plaudits of this as well. Because if I run back my team as well, again, I'm, I'm quite glad we played it fairly. And I'm quite glad you stuck to the whole streets we'll never forget. Because a lot of people... When they see that their team is losing, they then make a case for someone like, oh, yeah, I'd go for someone like R9. He would be a great streets we'll never forget. Everyone knows about Ronaldo. Like, yeah, like, no one forgot him. 
No one will like, ever. It, it was his birthday yesterday, for goodness sake. Champions League was celebrating it. You can't never forget him if he's never forgotten. Do you know what exactly. I mean? <laughs> Messi is talked about every single day in people's lives, um, even if they don't support Barcelona or PSG yeah. or Argentina. So he's never going to be a streets going to forget player. Yeah. Maradona, the same. So I'm glad that you brought some of these players out. So I'm going to review my team. In goal, again, I don't normally go for a goalkeeper, but I played the game. Claudio Bravo, he needed to be there for his, his fantastic performances for Chile as well. Um, in the back for me, Diego Godin, what a fantastic servant for Atletico Madrid and an amazing representative of Uruguay. In my midfield, I have to go for the likes of Kaká and the likes of Raquel May because I'm not sure who is going to kind of combat that. If you had like a really good holding midfielder in there, that would be something I'd be scared of. But with Radamel Falcao up front as well, I'm looking forward to seeing how this goes. Falcao, Kaká, Raquel May. What a triangle that is, man. What a triangle. Mamma mia. Let's hear your team. Who have we got there, Mr. Khan? So, in goal, I had the Brazilian wall, Dida. Do obviously. you regret choosing Dida as your Brazilian player, by the way? Well, no, because I need. I was happy with all my other... Uh, the thing is, no matter what I wanted to choose, I wanted to stick exactly to the streets will never forget thing. And I feel you're like... You're I, so true to it. I love yeah, it. I, I, love I feel like I feel like everyone I've chosen, you can attribute to that streets will never forget thing. I and you can attribute think. it to your streets will never forget, which is yeah, the best thing yeah. possible. Well. So, so I, fe- I felt like Dida had to be in there if we're talking about a keeper. It would have been him or Julio Cesar. So either way, it would have been a Brazilian. Mm. Um, so it had to be in there. Um, then from Chile, I had Alexi Sanchez. Then... From uh, Uruguay, I had Diego Forlan, Brazil, Alexander Pato, and then up top, Batigol, Gabriel Batistuta. Your attack is looking flavoursome, if anything. I'm, I'm telling you, there's going to be some top bins. That's all I'm saying. Pato, Batistuta, and Forlan. Any type of goal you need on a five-a-side pitch or on a real football pitch, you're covered, my friend. That's you're it. Covered. It's you want it, we got it. That's so sick. That's so, like I'm. I'm in awe of. I listen to you say it, but I'm still in awe that when you're putting it out loud like that, that's crazy to hear of how it worked really well, really, really well. <laughs> We've done very well there, my friend. But I'm going to see who. Actually, no, I'm not even going to see who the audience is going to choose because the audience will choose someone who I think they will they will link with more than anything as well. So I think it's going to be um it's going to be a good decision. But I feel like you may have you may have sneaked that, but we'll see how it goes. I don't know, man. I, I think. I think Kaka and Falcao might have might have piqued a bit of interest amongst the audience. Because, but also I can't like from me from a purist point of view, Kaka on his own, okay, cool. Raquel May on their own, okay, cool. But Kaka and Raquel May on a five-a-side pitch, damn. damn. This is why this is why you wait to the end of the podcast for this as well. It's just fantastic to do this kind of thing as well. It's damn. fantastic to converse with you as well, Danielle. So. Batistuta, Pato, Forlan. See, even I'm still in all of that. And Alexis Sanchez as well. I still think he's just going to be another defender, but it's not a CDM. He's another proper one-on-one type merchant as well. And he could do it to any one of my players yeah. as well. And he you know, I nearly, I, in as well. I nearly put Gary Medell in and Ooh. I would have burst out laughing that I brought Gary Medell to the party and you brought Raquel May to the party. I would... I would have, I would have locked off this whole podcast right now. Oh my days! This this would have been end game as well. Gary Medell, Cardiff City legend as well, right in there as well. Is he was at Cardiff before he played at the twenty fourteen World Cup as well, which is a funny thing. Can you imagine Gary Medell and Diego Godin getting into a scrap? That 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 would one hundred percent be a scrap. 
Like, no one's going on that pitch afterwards. It's like a two-hour slot they've got, not a one-hour yeah. slot. They're just yeah, Gary, Gary, Gary Medell looks like he could start a fight in an empty room. So, uh, and Diego Godin looks like he loves a scrap as well. So that would have been tasty. But he's not. unfortunately, he's not in the same league as these names that we've pulled out today. Gary Medell is the kind of guy to slash someone's tyres because they're just getting in the way of his, of his, of his garage. Like, Absolutely. why? Makes no yeah. sense, but he would do that kind of thing. That's what Gary Medell would kind of do. <laughs> so much fun. Um, Daniel, before I let you leave and before we wrap up the podcast, would you be down for part two if we were to do another continent on this? Listen, let's line it up. Uh, I like flexing my football knowledge. I feel gassed that I guessed your last player. I feel gassed that I knew when Roma last won a Scudetto. So um, listen, man, I like giving myself credit for things. So I'm going to deep dive into the archive. I'm going to pull out some names that maybe... People have forgotten about and and let's see what we can cook up for the next one. Where are you take which continent are you taking me on next time? I think we've got to go to Africa for the next one. Okay. All right. Got Tasty. to bring the heat. I've got it. I've got right. it. I've got it. I've got it. I'm I've got it. five. I've got there. five in mind already, but I know you'll probably have four of those five guaranteed already. Right. As well, so <laughs> we'll, we'll, let, we'll let the listeners uh, wait for part two of this as well, because I'm looking forward to seeing how it's going to go. And I'm looking forward to having another conversation with you going sure. forward, which will be good fun. Um, but yeah, just before we wrap up the podcast, I do want to say thank you very much for your time today, Danielle. It's been an absolute pleasure and a joy to speak to you and can learn from you as well. It's been fantastic in that respect as well. Thank you very much for the exclusive. I'm looking forward to dropping this in a couple of weeks when you actually do go out to Qatar. Um, but how long would you kind of say you're going to be out there for? Are you going to have a bit of a holiday as well? Or is it strictly no, so I'm going to be out there working for five weeks. So mm-hmm. I go out on November the 14th mm-hmm. um, and then I come back on December the 19th um, and the whole time is just work as soon as the final's over off we go back home um, so yeah it'll be a great experience obviously the world is going to be in Qatar for that whole time and it's going to be interesting because it's going to be my first trip over an extended period of time um, so it's going to be a great opportunity um, I'm looking for I, I don't really know much about what is going to happen when I get there and I think I like it like that and who knows man uh, I might be able to come back and give you like a Qatar debrief and give you some ins and outs of some stories that people might not have even heard of. So um, I look forward to it, man. It's going to be um, it's going to be a great opportunity. The first ever Winter World Cup, potentially Messi and Ronaldo's last ever World Cup. Um, it's going to be historic one way or the other, that's for sure. Hopefully it's Harry Maguire's last World Cup as well. <laughs> we'll pray for that. We'll, we'll, we'll pray for that. We, we know we know he's getting in the squad, but hopefully the next manager for England won't pick um, Harry Maguire going forward as well. I'm sorry, Harry Maguire, but you, you, just, you just don't do it for me with these stupid leaks that you're leaking out about, about David De Gea. Don't do that to my boy, David De Gea. Um, <laughs> but no, I'm looking forward to you coming back with a souvenir of like a miniature World Cup and you having a selfie with like Fabio Cannavaro and all of that. I'm looking Woo! forward to it. This is what we're here for, man. It's good. Um, but yeah, everyone, thank you very much for listening to this podcast. We are going to bring part two with Daniel very soon hopefully obviously when we're going to release this it will be around november time anyway which will be great fun but everyone thank you very much for listening do follow daniel on his socials which we'll leave in the description below and in any content that we release as well have a lovely day thank you very much for your time and take care goodbye